Howdy, partners, and welcome to another episode. And this episode is going to be a special one. There is something going on in the market recently that we need to talk about. And there is, of course, a solution to that, which we will talk about here today. But Ben, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing all right. Yeah, it's been, uh, been a little bit of time since I uh, since I recorded one of these. It's been, uh, been busy on my end, so um, happy to be Happy to be back. Happy to be on the podcast. I'm recording this from EmpartnerCon in Salt Lake City, where there's a a lot of knowledge being shared about partnerships and the future of partnerships and all the good things that um, I know you and me believe in and, and actually a component of which I think we're going to talk about right now. So that's where I am. How, uh, how are you doing? Doing good. It snowed here, so I'm trying to leave. That's why I look uh, for those of you who are watching this, I have a nice furry coat on, but yeah. I'm good. Everything is moving. It, there's so much momentum and relevant to what we're going to talk about today. But uh, Ben, I want to hear what your thoughts are on the current economic climate and why partnerships relates to the economic climate. Uh, talk to us about what's going on around in the business world. Yeah, I think there's a I think there's a couple of factors. I mean, we keep hearing the the word recession. I think we're firmly in one. Are going to be in one for a little bit here, and I think what that means for businesses as a whole is um, getting leaner, getting more focused, finding other ways than your traditional go to market. Um, and and I think a byproduct of that is partnerships. There's there's probably no other role in an organization where you can have you know minimal headcount and achieve. As, as much results or as much value, let's say. Um, I think the other piece that's happening is actually more from a go-to-market perspective around like traditional marketing methods, be it like paid advertising, be it, you know, cold outreach, direct outreach, however you refer to it. From the advertising side, people aren't getting the same return on investment as they used to be um, for, from a marketing perspective. So I think that's that's difficult. Like how do you get as many leads in as you, as you used to be able to in addition to like the changes that have happened to cold emailing and cold outbound, like everybody's doing it and everybody's doing it okay now, I would say. So being able to differentiate and actually get in front of prospects from a cold email perspective is going away. Um, I think that coupled with the recession leads to partnerships becoming more and more of a focus and, and should be more of a focus for organizations. So I think that's broad commentary from my end there. And I don't know if you have any kind of further comments on, on why like macroeconomically partnerships is becoming more relevant. Yeah, I would say it's a, a perfect storm, both in a good way and a bad way. Obviously, we don't want a recession, but it is proving to be a forcing function for businesses to adapt. And, you know, it used to be where you can just, like you said, buy all of the lists and send all of the cold emails and burn all the domains and buy all the ads, and then you'll get in front of your buyers. But one, with a changing buying force, and two, with the, the recession, that is forcing businesses to look at, okay, well, how do buyers actually want to engage? And what are the other ways that we can get in front of those buyers uh, with the way that they want to engage without having to burn all of that cash? And I made a post today actually where uh, I was talking about how SaaS has just like burned through so much cash that the venture capitalists had and the venture capitalists at the time were okay with it because they would see that hyper growth over the you know shorter amount of time, but it was a churn and burn mentality. It didn't force companies to look at, okay, well, how can we grow sustainably? How can we grow in a way that sets up 
sets us up for success in the future versus you know just in the short term to get those short-term gains and so although um the entire market like no one's at fault obviously you know everyone was saying yes this is the way you should do it but i feel like that has dug us into a hole but i don't think that hole is too deep to get out of because we have some solutions and we have some of that positive sentiment moving forward which uh of course we're talking about a little bit here and then you know the folks at partner hacker everyone on, on linkedin in the partnership space as well talking about why is this strategy better so before we dive into some of the other specifics ben i'm curious about what your take is on why the partnerships strategy as an entire company is better than perhaps the traditional gtm uh, it could even just be you know the overall sentiment of it but what what's your take in terms of why it's a better strategy so so i think um and, and we'll, we're going to get into this like why partnership should matter to every part of the organization i think we'll go through it quite sequentially but in in general partnerships has the partnerships has has the real i guess goal or um or benefit of of helping every single part of your organization which I would argue is is rare. I think there's businesses still operate unfortunately in silos, even though everybody wants to work together and you're trying to achieve that mutual goal, be it revenue goal or, or however your kind of metric. But um, partnerships has the the value to offer to customer success, to product, to marketing, to sales, um, and can positively impact OKRs across the organization if you if you have that bad together story and everybody buys in. So. That's kind of what I would just say is why people should care is because partnerships does have the ability to impact or positively impact every um, every part of an organization and help you hit those goals. Yeah. And I would say the extended effect of that is even more success and value for the client. Um, you know, the more partners you involve, the more that the client is getting more of a holistic solution. And of course, you know, as these individual departments are benefited through partnerships, then they're be they're better operating to deliver the primary success that each department is meant to deliver. And so uh, this, of course, leads us into those different departments. So let's start talking about how each of these business units can benefit from partnerships. Uh, and this all rolls up into the PLX event. So if you haven't signed up for it yet, the PLX Summit at plxsummit.com. You can sign up whether you are in partnerships. Uh, and if you're listening to this, you're probably in partnerships. So go and tell your sales team, your marketing team, your success team, whoever they are to sign up because it will have information relevant to them. But let's start with founders. Ben, if you were starting a company today, why would it be more important than ever to focus on network effects and partnerships to grow, uh, tying in some of the things that we've talked about? How would you approach that and what are the some of the important things that a founder should think about i think you i think you just tail on the word that i would use which is which is network effect like you always go back to how do you drive the most impact with the little the least investment and if you're a founder like chances are you've you've either got a small team or resources are are slim um so let's just say you know you are a sales tech tool right let's just say you operate in in the sales space you've got a new company this new great sales tool um if you're able to land a couple of like high sales consultant types who then have big audiences big customer bases 
really all you've had to do is have one conversation, start one relationship. But then on the other side of that, they're a more established company with, you know, potentially more sales reps, more customers. And what it enables you to do is actually um, only invest a, a small part of your time and resources, but then have the benefit of that network effect spreading through their entire customer base as well. So I guess that's why for founders, partnerships can be such a great strategy is because it enables you to put um, a few eggs in a basket, let's say, not all your eggs, but a few eggs in a basket, and then it multiply or triple, you know? I, and and that's why from a founder's perspective, I always look at, okay, if you're starting a company today, you need to start thinking about partnerships early on in your journey because it does represent that that way to do um, a lot with a little, I would say. Yeah, and I would also say, just dovetailing off of that, it's like, if you think about the number of companies that existed even you know 10 years ago, it was a much smaller amount than there are companies now. And even if you consider your niche in like the, the sales tech space, you're competing against so many different technologies uh, more and more every single day. And so when it comes to the traditional methods, you're not getting those exponential gains. And so uh, like Ben, you mentioned the the efficiency of it is there, but then also the reduction in noise is there as well, where you're not getting lost in the noise because you know, as a founder, you're trying to navigate through everything, determine the strategy and so on. Uh, you yourself will get lost trying to figure it all out. And so, um, yeah, to navigate it and to help your clients navigate it, not being just another piece of noise in the already increasingly noisy market is extremely important. And so uh, what about product? Why is product benefiting from partnerships today? Uh, walk us yeah. through like even how buyers engage and how the, the product um, partnerships angle can play a role in, in business success. What's your take? And this is a bit of a different one in terms of like, I think I'd see it from the other side of things of like why partnerships are really important for for product. Sorry, so why, why product is really important for partnerships. And what I mean by mm -hmm. that is like, there's a statistic that people are making buying decisions purely based off the integrations that that tool has, meaning that, okay, if I've got a suite of tools that I use day in, day out, if I'm looking for a MarTech tool, does it connect into these other tools that I use on a day in, day out basis is just as important as features and functionality inside the tool. Um, and so I think from a product perspective, it becomes like, hey, we need to focus on those core tools that are ICP use day in, day out and ensure that we have integrations with those. So for example, Help Scout, right? Customer support um, software. We are probably further down the buying cycle or river than a CRM, right? Meaning that people that come and buy Help Scout usually have a CRM already as part of their tech stack. So for us, it becomes like we need to have CRM integrations um, for them to then feel comfortable in connecting in Help Scout or, or buying Help Scout. Because if we don't, all that contextual information that is is stored in a CRM doesn't get passed through into Help Scout. They're set in disparate systems, then it creates issues for support agents. So that's what I would say is like figure out your SaaS buying journey, figure out where you sit on that buying journey and everything that comes before you, which is still going to matter to the tool that you sell, let's make sure that you have integrations built out because it's going to influence and impact not just buying decision, but also stickiness of the, of the product as well. Yeah, and I, I would say that if uh, there are product leaders, um, it also helps with understanding the roadmap because when we think of 
our tools that we have, there could be adjacent tools that already exist that we may not know about or may not integrate with. And we may be incentivized to consider, do we build this? Or can we enhance something else about the product? Can we go a different route? And so when you start engaging more partners, it will actually give you a lot of context on what the market already has and what the market needs. And so I would say the even the road mapping aspect of building a product is benefited through partnerships because, you know, you could be integrated with 10 different CRMs, but you could find out, you know, that there's this uh, data reporting tool that uh, also connects into a CRM, but you can also connect your tool into. And so why would you build out your own robust data reporting platform uh, on top of your own platform? It, it wouldn't make as much sense if you could integrate. And so uh, the option isn't always just integrate everywhere all the time. It's the, the debate of, you know, build, buy, or of course, partner. And I would say that in today's world with so many new tools coming out, the more niche you can be from what I've seen, those companies are more successful because the ones that try and do everything, they get lost in that noise that we were just talking about. Yep. And, you know, as a founder, you're messaging then becomes you know you have to expand it so it's not what your company is used to and so uh, that might even cause like employee turnover so there's all these implications of uh, when you try and expand too far you kind of cripple yourself by not being you know the number one in that specific niche because there's going to be a sea yeah. of solutions there as well so uh, not to say it, there's any i guess the final yeah. point the final point i would um i would kind of add there is like, I also feel the partnership folks can start really influencing product roadmap through the tooling that we've got now. So I think if you look at tools like Crossbeam, instead of making a decision like, hey, I think we should build an integration with freaking, I don't know, um, Aircore's one of our partners already, but let's just say you've made a decision, you want to build an integration with Aircore. Instead of it being based on like sales sentiment, I like everybody asks us for this integration, so we should build it. Like, Connect with Aircore, right? Connect with Aircore on Crossbeam. Actually figure out, do we have customer overlap? Do we have prospects that are Aircore customers? And actually get definitive evidence and data that, that will help help you build the right integration. So I think it just it backs onto your point. But like, yeah, I think there's a role for partnerships in actually influencing and helping out product decisions as well. Yeah. So tell me about um, marketing. Why is co-marketing with partners inherently better than regular marketing what is uh what's like let's say one example or one outcome that you've seen or that you get excited about when thinking about co-marketing what's that for you so i think um i think the marketing piece is kind of twofold for me i think i firstly will go back to where we started this podcast out from which is like what are the changing what are the things that are changing in the broader market that are kind of directly tied or correlated to partnerships. So I think if you look at marketing, um, people aren't getting the same results from their paid spend budget that they used to have. So I think there's additional pressure on marketing teams to deliver leads transparently. Um, so for them, like you should really lean into your partners from a, um, from just a market share perspective, if that makes sense. So instead of going out and spending a hundred grand on freaking ads, 
let's put that into partner marketing and, and, and see. And actually, I, I could guarantee that you're probably going to get better results in, in this day and age. The second piece is, okay, like when we look at target customer, how do we how do we hit that network effect and actually touch as many people as possible? And again, it goes back to the fact of, okay, Help Scout partner with Aircall. If we get it right from an enablement perspective, Help Scout also then gets promoted to all of Aircall's customers, right? And it produces like just these big network effects that you can touch more customers and easier. Um, so I think from a marketing perspective, those are two things that I would point to as to, to why they should matter is like actually making the dollars count and then secondarily like expanding your target audience and being able to get in front of the right people. Um, the other piece is like, let's just say you've got a great content team, you're writing great blog content or whatever it might be. Ultimately, the people that are still reading that content are customers and, and people that find your page. If you're able to do a co-marketing campaign, you're touching two sets of audiences, right? You're building that content for your audience, but then also your partner audience. So it again amplifies the message that you're that you're putting out there from a from a marketing perspective. So that's kind of how I would bucket them is is brand amplification and then the second piece being like actually putting dollars that are gonna have impact. Yep. Two audiences and potentially half the cost as as well, because the responsibility is shared. Uh, so it's almost like double for half uh, yeah. that is very exciting I, I would also add to that and say for every other party that is outside of your organization that you engage into your marketing programs the more you are forced to focus on the actual genuine value for the client in their consumption of that media or that uh, information because uh, inherently the other company the partner they will be not biased towards your solution and they won't be inclined to talk about your solution because what they talk about for you know eight hours of their day in every single day that they're working is their own solution and so it's kind of this diffusion of hey let's talk about what i know which is my company and so the more that you engage your partners the more it has to focus on value because if everyone was talking as if it were their own webinar or you know their own marketing program it would inherently become biased because that is what's top of mind and so even the simple language that they use uh, will be again more aligned to what the client will need in that interaction so um, yeah that's something that I've always thought about where it's like why would you ever do marketing alone because you can get more bang for your buck and then also you can create uh, an environment that has even less bias and more value. So yeah, uh, agree, marketing agree. is just, yeah. So I get so excited about it. Um, so selling, why is selling easier through partnerships? What's the, the mechanism that's happening in your mind, Ben, about the, the co-sell process? Uh, walk me through your thoughts on co-selling. Yeah, so I think, there's, I think there's a couple of ways that partnerships impact sales. I think you you go back to the most simplistic terms, which is like, hey, we, you get leads delivered to you, right? If you do things right, like you get you get leads delivered. But I would also say that the quality of leads that you get delivered is far higher, meaning that they've already had a conversation with a partner who they trust. Ultimately, like they probably already bought a product from Will Taylor, let's say. Will Taylor's then said, oh, hey, I think you'd, you'd get a great solution out of, out of the, the product that Ben Wright sells. And, and that in itself is... Um, a double stamp of approval, i.e. like they've taken the time to consult that person on why the solution's a good fit. And then they've also put their own stamp of approval, like they're a partner, I trust them, their product's great. 
Um, so by the time it hits me, it's like, I have to do a lot less selling, right? I just have to convince them that, hey, yeah, this, this solution is what you need. But in the back of their mind, they're like, well, Will's already told me it's a great solution. So um, you're coming into it from a softer, like more receptive type sales motion. Um, and I would say there's a couple of things that come off the back of that. Shorter sales cycles. Um, so there's not as much time spent convincing people because you've already done the convincing. Um, and then secondarily, like the conversion rate goes through the roof. Um, so hand in hand, right? Again, because you've got that seal of approval. Sales cycle is is quicker. And then actually the overall win rate is is higher. Um, so, so that's kind of what I would say, firstly. The, the other piece becomes like, okay, even if you haven't referred me the lead and I'm a lead that's come through another top of funnel um, source, if I'm on a call with you, and again, it goes back to the whole piece of like why integrations matter. They also matter to the sales team because if you can present a solution that, oh, you already integrate with HubSpot on a sales call. Oh, we integrate with HubSpot, which means this is why you're going to have a better experience with Help Scout because of our HubSpot integration. So it layers in that product layer of... Um, the amount of integrations and the worthwhile and the valuable integrations you build. But from a salesperson perspective, when you're getting on that call and you're having that conversation with the customer, being able to present that unified solution based on a tool they already use and explain why that's going to be extra, of, of more benefit to them is uh, is really powerful. And again, will result in, you know, easier sales cycles um, and just easier sales calls in, in, in general. So, I think those would be some of my high level points on why partnerships should matter to, to sales teams. I mean, ultimately it comes down to like, do you want more leads and do you want leads that convert better? So every sales rep would say yes to both of those statements. So I, I truly believe that partnerships can can deliver those um, to, to sales teams. Yeah, and one analogy that I like to, to think of and describe the interaction is like, if I were to be introducing myself to you for the first time and I start saying, hey, this is why I'm so great. You should like me because of this and we should go talk because, you know, I did ABC. Um, that would probably look kind of weird and feel kind of weird for you to receive that because it's like, oh, this person's a narcissist. Um, yeah. But if my friend was with me and they were already friends with you and I'm the stranger and they're introducing me as, hey, Will's pretty awesome because he does, you know, abc and you know isn't this cool he did this and uh like this is what he loves that's gonna fall a lot more positively on the person that is being ha having the stranger be introduced to them because they're gonna go well i already trust this person and it's not coming from the individual stranger themselves uh, it's coming from someone that i already know that's going to land it's basically night and day between how you would respond to that situation. And that is the exact situation that your prospects are in when you're getting introduced to them via your partners because that trust is already established. And so let's wrap up with success. And um, they're all amazing, but I personally think, especially as more companies are starting to focus on retention, that this might be the best for last. But uh, why is success perhaps one of the most underdeveloped and uh, underserviced area in the business when it comes to to partnerships. Um, what do you think is a blocker for people, but why do you think it is so important, especially now to deliver co-success with your partners and that interaction? Tell me more about your thoughts on, on that. Yeah, so I think I'll start off with like, 
why I think it's difficult at the moment for customer success managers, because I, I come from customer a customer success background in a in a prior life, and I think um, I think when I look at customer success and partnerships, how they interface and what the struggles are at the moment, candidly, I think it comes down to like internal education and enablement. And what I mean by that is like, okay, at Help Scout, we've got 80 integrations, right? We've got 50 channel partners, right? We've got this, this big, this big program. How can I make sure or confirm that these customer success managers know all of these partners, right? Like, it's it's a really difficult task, so I think that's the piece which is probably holding customer success back from really leaning into partners is really the the, the enablement and education piece. And, and candidly, I don't think anybody's got that right. I think it's it's difficult. Um, but I'll move on to like why it should matter to them and why the customer success teams should lean into partnerships. And I think I think it comes back to the fact that if you and I don't want to put any high level stats out there because I actually think it's really hard to to quantify with data necessarily, but I will just say a statement that I think everybody listening to this will, will agree with and nod their head to. And that is, if you if you have a core product and you integrate something, meaning you have actually taken the time and the effort to integrate Help Scout and HubSpot, it makes it more difficult for you to leave Help Scout because you've already got these tools connected, meaning you need to disconnect from those tools. And then when you start a new product, you then have to reconnect them. And there's a lot of manual effort that goes into that. So I think like, Broadly speaking, and I know it, when I see a customer with two, three, four integrations into Help Scout, I'm much more convinced that they're going to be a sticky customer because they have taken the time to realize one, Help Scout is important. And because Help Scout is important, we need to integrate it into our, into other tools that we use on a daily basis, right? There's also additional benefit because the two tools together create a better experience all up for both for both our internal and, and internal teams and our customers. So I think it comes back to as a partnership team or a function or even all partnership managers, that's what we're getting wrong at the moment is internal enablement and education. And there's there's tools coming out, I think, in the near future, which might be able to, to help with that. Um, but the second part of it becomes um, what does it do for CSMs? It gives them um, it should give them confidence that that your product is is more sticky and more valuable because they've gone through the effort of connecting other tools in. It will make them more sticky just because it's an effort to disconnect and then reconnect into other tools. But then thirdly, it gives you a buddy and a pal and a resource where if renewals get tough, you can start to bring in partners to help influence that conversation. Um, and again, like it happens in customer success, like you, you've got a tricky customer, like they've gone dark, they're not responding, renewal's coming up, right? And that's a stress point for you. Reach out to your partner team and be like, hey, like this customer, ABC Corp, is not is not talking to me and we need to renew it. Um, do you have a partner that works with them? Go and crossbeam, figure that out. Yeah, 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 this partner does, let me reach out. And then they can get in contact and, and hopefully, you know, get a conversation with, um, with a point of contact there and also influence that conversation, i.e. like, oh, why, why aren't you talking to Help Scout? Like they've got a great product, love the team over there. So two ways, it gets you an additional in, then it also goes back to the point we discussed previously of having that stamp of approval, which is also um, really important. So I guess that's what I would say, Will, is there's, there's a lot of things that we need to do to make customer success managers' lives easier. Um, but in general, it's like a massive tick in the box if they can, they can figure it out. Yeah, and I feel like, uh, CSMs are always looking for what value can I add, 
you know, maybe it's a new feature release, maybe it's a new blog article or piece of information, or, you know, they could have a conversation with them, but why not enhance all of that with, hey, here is a solution that can help you. And oh, by the way, it's not even our company. So I'm not trying to sell you on anything. That's yep. gonna continue to develop trust and continue to deliver even more value. Uh, and the more you engage your partners, like you were saying, it makes them stickier. So let's uh, let's finish off with what you're excited about for PLX. What's something that uh, you're looking forward to for the event from Ben himself? Yeah, I think for me, um... It's actually probably the topic we ended up on, which is the um, which is the customer success use case. Uh, I, I'm in agreement with you that I actually think they hold the keys to the kingdom, so to speak, from a from a flywheel perspective. Like, okay, we need to get leads back to our partners. Who owns the customer relationship? Who owns the relate? Who owns the the customer conversation? It's oftentimes your CSM. So um, that's what I'd be interested in in kind of hearing and what i'm most looking forward to is how customer success leaders um think about partners what issues do they have and then like what ideas do they have that we can be doing to make their lives easier i guess there you go and it's going to be a similar sentiment across days as well uh for everyone listening thank you for another great episode and of course sign up to plxplxsummit.com and get your team in there you get them to listen to this podcast it's as well. Free. It's free. It's free. It's valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And cool. it will be the change that B2B needs. We will see you there and we'll see you on the next episode as well. Thank you so much. Cool. Cheers.